Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. And here I am, Ivan Ornelas, one of your co-hosts with your full selection of co-hosts here on the Tectonic Takes tonight. We've got Bobby and... Hey, what's up? Bobby, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm excited. I mean, we haven't been here in a long time. So very excited to see what unfolds. Um, I want to say I called it on a couple things, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, what well, seemed as blind fanboyisms at a time have now been justified. So good for you, Fabi. You, <laughs> your uh, optimism paid off. Definitely, definitely. All right, Will, yeah. how about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I mean, doing great. I mean, for us, it kind of feels like it's been a long time since we got on uh, another podcast. But, you know, this is probably the, the best one of the year. Probably it's going to be for us. So, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. All right, and we just want to acknowledge, while this is a great time to be a San Jose Earthquakes fan, because they are in the playoffs, it's only been for the first time since 2017, but it's felt like longer because of all the other years before that, that the Quakes have missed the playoffs, and it's going to be a lot of fun and excitement for the Quakes to look forward to that, but unfortunately... For their affiliate club, Reno 1868, despite having a fantastic season, having the most points of any team in the USL Championship this season, due to COVID uh, financial-related complications, they have folded. And that has been a fate that has not been uncommon for uh, clubs in this part of the country. San Francisco has had many clubs come and go throughout the years in lower divisions. Rest in peace, Fresno had a U. Yeah, rest in peace, Delta. (laughs) Fresno uh, club also folded last season, despite I think they made the playoffs or they just barely missed. It was one of those, and Reno did too. And it is unfortunate because Reno is an interesting market. It's a smaller market, yes, but. For those people who live in that Reno, Carson City, Sparks area, it's too a bit too far to go to games in Sacramento, certainly too far to go yeah. to games in Las Vegas. So I feel bad for the fans there that they've got to witness an incredible team for USL championship standards compete this season. And due to circumstances out of their club's control, out of their control, and th- that club won't be a thing next season, which is really sad. Right. Yeah, and I think I think that this is a fate that a lot of USL sides are going to see with this new developmental league and as well as just the back end of the coronavirus kind of affecting these uh, lower division clubs. So we're definitely going to see more, I think, in the next coming weeks or months of just lower division clubs folding. Yeah, Will, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I know. I mean, for us, it, we can. We kind of talked about it earlier in another podcast about why the Quakes weren't really maybe you know being a, affiliated with Reno, but maybe they already kind of knew that they were going to fold. Right. Um, but I mean, there's that's not mean to say that they couldn't still sign any players. You know, obviously we saw that some did get signed, but I mean, as far as you know, Reno goes, it's unfortunate, and you know, hopefully, just you know, other USL teams can stay strong. 
Yeah, it might have been too late for whatever transfer fees they could have gotten from Minnesota for those players uh, to save the club, but it does make more sense in hindsight now that they didn't have time to waste that they had to make some sort of move to salvage something. And they are also good players that I think deserve a shot in MLS next season as well. Definitely. I think you can look at at least two or three players in a lot of these USL championship clubs that made the playoffs and particularly the ones that went further and got to see it highly that they could have a place in an MLS roster, whether it be as right. m- most of them to start off with as on a rotation basis, but still the, there's a lot, a lot of good things going on in the league in terms of player development Definitely. and spreading the beautiful game to all these different markets many of which don't have any other pro uh, sports teams, such as Birmingham and El Paso, for example. Mm. So, unfortunately, COVID situation happened, and there's not much that can be done to uh, salvage this club at this point. And I just want to thank Reno for being a part of the San Jose Earthquakes family, uh, for being a part of the soccer family in general because every club that comes into existence is helping grow the soccer scene in this country. And just because the club is folded, that doesn't mean those soccer fans are going to disappear, that they're still going to follow MLS and USL, maybe follow some foreign leagues too. Like they have that passion for soccer now. Just unfortunately – won't be in attending Reno games in the future unless perhaps another club comes in a few years time. But any other thoughts before we move on? Yeah, Ivan, you, uh, you broke the fourth or the fourth wall, right? You said, uh, getting this beautiful game on the road and then we're sponsored (laughs) by the beautiful game network. So (laughs) I want to give a quick shout out for the beautiful game network. Thank you for sponsoring us. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, right? Um, re- alluding to the Kevin Partita interview that we had, uh, he said there was a big soccer fans uh, fandom out there. So, I mean, they did have, I think, because a lot of their population is of Latin descent. So they do have a big soccer community out there. And when they do have fans, they did have a rocking environment where it was a home field advantage for Reno. And it's just unfortunate. I, Like Will said, we were kind of calling it when those three transfers – either the club was folding or that the affiliation was over um, because that was evident with three players that had a great season going to a rival club. And it's, I, I hate to see it, but I don't living in that area during the pandemic for one and a half months, you kind of get to start understanding the landscape of the area and I think they have a big enough backing in the area where they might see another club come, come to fruition. And they also are seeing a big population jump or boost from Californians moving into that area. So there's talks that they might be in, in, you know, a bid for an MLS club. That's what a lot of people on Twitter are saying that they eventually might get a, a Reno MLS club there. And that's kind of another thing to think about too. If Sacramento maybe has another rival on their hands. Yeah, that's an interesting situation. I struggle to see a future where Reno has an MLS club if MLS plans to stop expanding by either 30 or maybe 32 clubs 
and they already have Sacramento planned. Right. So that's Northern California slash North Nevada, quote unquote, covered because not many people will make the drive from Reno to Sacramento for a soccer right. game. But there's also Las Vegas. Las Vegas has been getting a lot of traction. They have Definitely. a WNBA team, a hockey team, and now they have the Raiders, which I'm still a little salty about, but whatever. <laughs> um, so you got to imagine that if Nevada does get an MLS team, as great as Reno is, Las Vegas is always going to be first choice, I think. So the road to an MLS club is hard for any market in general. Like There were some big markets that weren't filled 10 15 years ago philadelphia union for example philadelphia is one of the biggest cities in the country didn't have an mls club until 10 years ago pretty much 12 years ago something like that so thank you philly all right for all those mail-ins all right no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 but no No, the mail-ins for the mls club expansion 10 years ago come on guys what are you guys thinking Mm, about uh, (laughs) no but uh really quickly we might see you know how the oakland roots become are they are probably going to be the front door to or the back door to our affiliation um to a lower level league, we might see Las Vegas come to fruition to, uh, to an MLS club. And then maybe Reno pops back on the map to be a uh, developmental club or a lower level league yeah. or a Las Vegas. Right. Um, but I'm on the boat. Who says we need to stop at 32 to 35 teams, right? Maybe they don't do a pro rel, but they make a 40 to 50, you know, team league. That would be such a weird thing and such a random thing to have. But, Maybe they, they go that way instead of Pro-Rel. Will, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll do something so crazy and vast. I mean, I, I think just for us to get too far, we could probably talk about another podcast about what, what the league could do in their expansion and also just what the next affiliate for the Quakes would be. I mean, obviously the quick assumption would be the Oakland Roots, but right. you know, we'll see what the Quakes are going to do. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we don't go too far into that. We got a lot of other stuff to cover. <laughs> Definitely. All right, then. So let's jump right into the game, the very crucial game. It doesn't Crazy. need much introduction. Earthquake Stadium, San Jose Earthquakes 3, LAFC 2. And I'll a bit more speed than usual. I'll go through the goals, the lineups, and then the stats. So the goal scoring went like this. In the 23rd minute, Latif Blessing opened the scoring with Palacio and Rossi assisting. Class player. But then, yeah, he's a great player. Then he's a blessing. Five minutes he's a blessing. Later, <laughs> <laughs> he's a blessing exactly. for LFC, but he was a curse for the Quakes. <laughs> I don't know how SKC um, let him go walk. Right? That I don't. I don't see. He's such a versatile player. I would love having a player. I would love have a player like Latif Lessing on, on the Quakes. Right? Yeah, and then twenty eighth minute, another player that I would like. For, for the Quakes, <laughs> is Edward Atuesta scored an own goal. We don't need him. No, we don't need him. Really- I don't. I don't think that was an own goal. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that. I don't feel like it. All right, but in any case, uh, the Rob, Quakes is and it was one one then, and there wasn't the goals weren't done in the first half. Chris Wondolowski got on the score sheet in the 37 minute, as he has a habit of doing yep. in big games. Espinoza, who had a big game himself, got the assist there. And then a uh, key moment in that match, uh, Jackson Ewell was sent off in the 61st first minute Soft. for a second yellow. It was very 
questionable decision to say the <laughs> least. And well. then somehow, 10 minutes later, despite being down a man, Shea Salinas with the record-breaking assist to become the leading assister for the San Jose Earthquakes, he found Espinoza to get him a goal and an assist in this game. And that ended up being a very important goal because in the 95th minute, uh, 90 plus five minutes of stoppage time, Diego Rossi, who Fabi has a soft spot for My boy. being Uruguayan, <laughs> uh, he scored in the dying embers of the game with Carlos Villa and Jordan Harvey getting an assist. Just stat padding. It was almost one of the last plays of the game, and then San Jose Earthquakes got the win. It was Wait. a bit of a stat pad because Diego Rossi is the MLS leading goal scorer. Right. He had 13 coming into this game. Now he's on 14 on the season. Yep. So. He was able to get one there, similar to Jarek McKinnon getting a last-minute touchdown that didn't mean anything in Thursday night football. So Fantasy. Yeah. No, well, yeah, it meant something for the fantasy. It's all owners. about the fantasy stats, man. Guys, so, um, uh, let, me, let me quickly say something. Um, Shea Salinas, with that assist, did break Ronald Cerrito's record. So Shea Salinas yeah. is our assist leader um, of all time now. So yeah. very crucial assist from Salinas there. And Espinoza – you know how we were talking about if he just looked up a little bit more, how he would take the next step in our past prod podcast and that goal to Wondolowski, you could start seeing, you could start seeing that that aspect of his game is coming to fruition. He's, he's starting to be less selfish. Better. Yeah. He is getting better now. He, he's it seems better. like he's made that next step. If Diego Rossi's price tag was like what, 15 million or 20 million. Imagine what Espinosa's is, right? I mean, we can get into oh. that later. He displayed a great showing as a Quakes player, and he's probably one of our best Quakes ever. I mean, I, mean, I hate to say it, but he's definitely up there, and he's going to break records if he stays with us. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, no, I wanted to go back to a couple things real quick. I mean, yes, as far as Espinoza, he's definitely probably one of the best Quakes that we've had, one of the most creative. I think he got robbed on my 10 assists that I wanted him to get so far. <laughs> I think he's at nine. I mean, we'll get into the stats in a little bit more about how many assists he has. But also as far as the Jackson Ewell uh, uh, um, red, I mean, uh, I think it honestly is probably at the best time it could have been for a red right. card. As far as, you know, we have a game, we already clinched. We have a game that doesn't really technically matter. We're in Will, are you there? I think we lost Will for a second. Can you repeat your point there about the best time to get a red card was this game for Jackson Ewell? Yeah, can you guys hear me now? Yep, we're all good. Yeah, okay. All right, sorry. Yeah, so I was saying is because Jackson Ewell getting that foul on a game that didn't really matter. You know, he has a game that right. game against, you know, uh, Seattle that we have next, right? Yep. And that's not a big deal because we already clinched the playoffs. So. Well, it didn't matter – until we got the win, right? Because if well, right, if right, Andy right. Rios wasn't going to play the next game and Jackson Yule weren't going to play the game against Seattle, and let's say we got a draw or a loss against LAFC, we looked like toast. I mean, we were not in the position we wanted to be in. But luckily, Espinosa pulled in his bag of tricks, you know, the bunny out of the hat, this game, and we won. Yeah, there we go. And let's take a look at some of the lineups for both teams because – as the playoffs approach, this is essentially looks like who these teams are going to battle with from here on out. Yeah. So for the Quakes, 
We had the reliable JT Marzenkowski in goal, Nick Lima, Flo Youngworth, Osvaldo Alanis, and Marcos Lopez in the back line. We had Yusin as the holding midfielder. And further up in central midfield, we had Andy Rios partnered with Jackson Ewell. On either wing, he had Christian yeah. Espinoza and Carlos Fierro, who's definitely solidified that spot with uh, in that wing position. And Chris Wondolowski up top. And the subs that made appearances, we had Luis Felipe making a rare appearance yeah. for Rios in the 65th minute. Shea Salinas <laughs> coming on for Fierro. It was marked as an injury uh, substitution for Fierro. Hopefully he's okay. okay. Seven, no, no news on him yet. Okay. No. 87th minute, Paul Marie. He's been doing a lot of mop-up duty lately coming on for Espinoza, who would have gotten a thunderous applause if he – if this weren't COVID times, but right. he and Wondolowski were subbed off at the same time. The car horns went crazy as they should. Yeah. Two incredible players in an exceptional performance. And Kate Cowell again made a late cameo later than some would like for Wondolowski. Yeah. So this, Kate almost again this is becoming it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Kate almost scored as well. Again. He really should have. It was one on one keeper, Kenneth Vermeer, who really didn't have it. He had a mixed bag of uh, performance. To, to put it nicely, that he came up with a big save to, for his credit, but Kid Cow and the commentator said it too. He should have just ran past him. Yeah, they uh, they brought up a nice little tidbit of Quincy Ameriqua. Um, when he would get get on the ball like that, he would just chip it right over the over the goalie, and Cade <laughs> kind of went with the power uh, uh, behind that shot. But really quick in tidbit on yeah yeah <laughs> in your head, right? Uh, really quick, really quick tidbit on Yutsen. Um, He's actually he has the most tackles in the MLS, and he is oh one God. of the biggest snubs right now for MVP. He wasn't even on the short list. So a player of his, I mean. I saw on Twitter a lot of people saying, wow, Bruno Acosta, I think that's our head of scouting, right? Um, Bruno Acosta, or yeah, Bruno Acosta, he found this guy in a second division Brazil, Brazilian league uh, team, right? So this mm -hmm. is actually a great scout on a player that has MVP caliber, at least for a defensive player, to come into the MLS and just be the leading tackler of this crazy 2020 season. And that just, I mean, he's been a stellar player for us, and we should yeah. really, I mean, give praise to give a guy like Uton. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have anything to say about that? No, I'm just saying we get we got to give him so much more credit than we've been I mean, giving him. I mean, there's sometimes we've been dogging on him for his offense, but we haven't talked enough about those defenses and how you know crucial it's been, you know, for this Quakes team. And I mean, and clearly it showed up against LAFC as well. Yeah, Yutin's right. another one of those players. That I think he turned around his season in this uh, streak of wins and good results. Definitely, definitely, and I think he might be the best holding midfielder we have this year. And I'm, I'm, I, I know that's a, that's a crazy teutonic take, but um, I think Jackson in the moment had a really bad play. Um, he should have known that the ref was giving cards really easily. And this is not one of the brightest games for Jackson, you know, but we'll get into that later. They're two different types of midfielders, but yeah, we'll get into that later. LAFC's lineup, Kenneth Vermeer in goal, Tyler Blackman, Jesus Murillo, Eddie Segura, and Diego Palacios in that back line. Uh, some impressive defenders, some less so. Uh, and then you had Jose Cifuentes, Eduard Atuesta, and Francisco Hinella in that midfield three. And then up top, you had Latif Blessing on the right, Diego Rossi up top, and Brian Rodriguez on the left. 
And then the subs, Carlos Vela, a very intimidating sub coming on at halftime for Hinella. And then also at halftime, Jordan Harvey, the veteran, came on for Tyler Blackman. 84th minute, saw a few uh, youth players, Bryce Duke come on for Rodriguez and Christian Torres come on for Palacios. So LAFC shuffled the pack slightly, but I think they've got a decent lineup still. It doesn't look like the one that took the league by storm a season ago, and then it took the eventual champion Seattle Sounders to knock them out. But it's definitely not an opponent to laugh at, you think? No, no, I mean, definitely not a opponent left. I mean, they're, they're still in a playoff spot. I mean, this is a tough team. You know, it's essentially another technical rivalry game. It's against L.A. Um, I mean, it's just tough because, I mean, Carlos Vela, you know, has had an off year with injuries. Um, so, I mean, if we had a full 90 minutes of Carlos Vela, who knows what the result would have been. But, yeah, so, I mean, definitely still a tough opponent regardless of the lineup. Yeah, I think LAFC are a team that – they're sort of backing into the playoffs. They could have gotten a much higher seed than what they're looking like they're going to get at this Definitely. point. But they're not – whatever seed they do get, if they get a sixth or a seventh seed, they aren't looking like a typical sixth or seventh seed in playoffs pass, like maybe a, a Houston Dynamo or Real yeah. Salt Lake, with all due respect to those teams. But, like, those are teams that you would expect to be – more likely sacrificial lambs for an MLS Cup contender to move past in the playoffs. Like right? uh, some would say the San Jose Earthquakes, right? <laughs> True. Like the last time they were in the playoffs, it hasn't been lost on me. That was right. a very quick dismissal from Vancouver Whitecaps. And it was a scoreline not unlike some that the Quakes suffered earlier this season. Yeah. But Things are looking up, and let's take a look at some of the stats, which tell an interesting story. So the shots, it was very close, but LAFC led 13-12 to 12 on total shots. They led 5-3 to three on shots on target. So the good news is the Quakes are very clinical. The bad news right. is they were getting outshot, which is not great, especially, you know, going to the playoffs against some of these heavy hitters. Well, with 10 men. Oh, yeah, that's 10 men, too. So that does – affect a lot of this stuff too especially what comes next because before they went down to 10 men the possession felt a lot more even but because they did go down to 10 men the possession LAFC ended up winning that battle by 58% to 42 passing accuracy LAFC 85% to San Jose Earthquakes 78 Mm -hmm. chances created LAFC led three to two corners the earthquakes led eight to six so I'm glad we're getting corners that means yeah, we are troubling the defense. They're getting blocks in and scoring and with them too. Yeah, that's very true. Yep. Fouls. Uh, San Jose had three fewer than LAFC. It was kind of one of those heated games. Uh, San Jose had eleven fouls. LAFC had fourteen fouls. Didn't yield as many cards as some of those games with those foul numbers usually do, but it led to enough for there was a lot of cards get sent off. No, I mean. There was for the quakes. <laughs> one, two, three, four. There was five bookings total. Oh, okay. Two, two for quakes players. Two, Jackson Ewell's both yellow cards going right. to him, and then two for LAFC players. So it could have been worse. Like it could have been a situation where like That's four true. players from each team got booked, and yeah. then offsides. Both clubs had two offsides. Is definitely something we've been keeping an eye on with San Jose Earthquakes, particularly with Andy right. Rios, and because he is playing more of a midfield role. He isn't that last guy up anymore. So 
the threat of him being offsides isn't as prominent. So what do you think of those stats? Anything stand out to you, either of you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the corners. I mean, we're being clinical on the corners. I think the own goal with Atuesta or the Fierro Rob mm-hmm. goal, that, that would have been Espinosa's 10th assist, right? So that own goal actually has a very critical uh, ruling because that kind of robbed Espinosa of an assist. Um, but just really quickly on – I like that we're getting corners and we're actually using them. I, I remember there was a time where the Quakes got our corner. I think it was during the MLS's back tournament where it was just like oh why why would we want 14 corners if we're not going to do anything with them so it's nice to see the score sheet um where we're clinical with these corners Mm -hmm. yeah i mean as far as the stats go i mean we probably should expected them to be pretty lopsided obviously being down 10 men um but the good news is we were we finished you know where it mattered most and uh, was on, on the goal scoring sheet so that's all that mattered yeah. yeah, I think what happened here is the San Jose Earthquakes, they knew all the answers to the test, but they were taking their time. They made a few mistakes in the end. Yeah. Time ran out, but they scored enough to pass the test. That's what happened here. Yeah. They weren't held back or put in the detention that is not making the playoffs. So, LAFC's defense hasn't been what it's been um, their last couple of years because they lost Walker Zimmerman. It's definitely mm-hmm. – a very key part of their defense. So they are beatable now, and this is our second win against them. So, and we won two in a row against them. So this is definitely a beatable team and whoever gets them in the playoffs might be looking at this as a beatable opponent instead of such a stellar LAFC that we're accustomed to. Yeah. So they don't have the worst defense or goalkeeper in the lead, but it does show how important Tyler Miller and Walker Zimmerman were for those positions. Cause there has been a bit of a drop off in those areas this season. Tyler Miller, he's been killing it at Minnesota United. Far in the MLS's back tournament at San Jose Earthquakes expense. Unfortunately he's injured and out for the season. uh, So Minnesota can't call on him for the rest of this season. And Walker Zimmerman, he is willing Nashville to the playoffs. Yeah. He scored a lot of goals from the defense, from the center back position, and he's been solid in defense himself. So he is one of the best defenders in MLS, in my opinion. He's made a significant impact for the expansion club, and he's a player that they, LAFC would love to have partner with Segura once again yeah. if they could do it all over. Speaking of Nashville, Godoy's having a great year, too. So if they make the playoffs, it's kind of, hey, good good on Godoy, right? Right, yeah. And a few other uh, key points in this game, that while Quakes had a lot of position early on, during this time, attacks LAFC did have came through Latif Blessing, and it kind of made me reflect on this metamorphosis San Jose Quakes had, where LAFC, they have their clear star in Carlos Vela, but sometimes it's Diego Rossi who's carrying the yeah. defense. <laughs> I mean, the offense. Sometimes it's a twist us pulling the strings from a deep midfield position. Sometimes yeah. it's Bradley Wright Phillips putting his New York Red Bull jersey spiritually and building <laughs> this team to victory. And sometimes it's even Mark Anthony Kay, one of the yeah. better Canadian internationals. You know, he's not Alfonso Davies, but he's still a productive player for club and country. Right. And I've been seeing them more with the Quakes. I've been seeing some brilliance from Jackson Ewell. Some days it's Jason Linus or Wando or yep. Espinosa or Fierro, sometimes even Rio. So it's, that is the sign of a good MLS team where it's not over-centralized. 
that you can re- rely on multiple players. And mm-hmm. that's why LA Galaxy didn't go mu- far, very far with Latanya Ibrahimovic because they relied on him way too much. And they were better. I think, yeah. And, <laughs> but San Jose Earthquakes don't rely on one player a lot, and they're playing well too. Yeah. And I think that th- this is a game that – there's some good chances. It was up and down at times. And Espinosa's cross to give that go-ahead goal to Wondolowski, that was picture perfect. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm going to go first on this. I, I That was an insane uh, goal. Um, it, if that was Wando's last goal in a Quakes jersey or in any jersey, I think that's a nice goal to go out on. Yeah, Will, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, hopefully we're not talking about Wanda's last goal. Um, hopefully we're going to talk about many more in the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, yeah, but that is a big significant goal for Wanda. And for as far as Espinoza, yeah, I mean, that's what we love to see from him. Um, that cross was just, you know, perfect. I um, mean, he is our, you know, one giving us probably the most assists this year, definitely. And we can see why. You know, he's finally open seeing the field more. Yeah, I think Black and Azul, they were kind of – overselling the point that, oh, yeah, this could be Jason Linus's last game in a Quakes jersey at Earthquake Stadium, and this could be the last this and that. But I think that the fans share the same mentality as the players. It's like we don't – there will be a last game for everything at some point, but we're enjoying the ride, and these players are just – thinking about the next game, not anything else, and just trying to do the best they can. So my whole thing is, if you're Wando, right, I understand you want to be there for your family and you want to go out on a high note, but we were expecting a super sub role for Wando, and he's a full-fledged starter. So are we, are we ever going to get this super sub Wando? If I was him, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm not even what I thought I was going to be the last two years. So – let's not even worry about my age. Let's get to that part of my career where I am a super sub and then call it quits. So I, I think we're still going to see one more year out of Wando, unless there's something personal where he wants to be more involved in his kid's life or something like that. Yeah. If anyone could be one of those players that people see on those articles from like Japan or Egypt, <laughs> they're, they're playing into these insane ages well into their lives at a very high level. For their age that I think it could be Wondolowski because right. he has the mindset to continue to perform week in week out and he makes his teammates better which is an important trait to have if you fill a roster spot in a professional league yeah and do you guys know if he scores goals in the playoffs does it count towards the total hmm that's a good question I'm right we might have to look pretty that in. sure oh. Okay. I think regular season, I think the record is for regular season goals, but mm. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll definitely look into that for the next podcast. Yeah. Um, and then I'm hoping he puts in a hat trick for the next game. So, so he can get to that. Right. Course. He's seven. He has seven. So he needs the, the three more to get the 10. Of, so that <laughs> record keeps going, but definitely like to see goals from Wando. Yeah. So, I want to talk a little bit about a few more missed opportunities for both teams where Mm -hmm. Rossi had had a great chance in the 59th minute to force JT to make a save. Yeah. Osvaldo Alanis has free kick. 
where neither Wondolowski or Florian Youngworth can tap it in and send it home. Mm-hmm. And Judson prevented a sh- Rodriguez from getting a shot off and eventually won yeah. the ball by taking a foul. That was an incredible play from him. But you can't overlook what was a game-changing moment at the time. So Yule's sliding sec- challenge was called for a second yellow card. The mm-hmm. commentators were not convinced that it warranted a card because he got enough of the ball and it seems like a normal challenge. Like if you are going to send someone off for that challenge, I understand that it was given a yellow, and because he already had a yellow, it had to result in a red. So right. you got if you be, if you're a referee and you believe that it's a yellow card offense, then some referees will call it whether they already have a yellow card or not. But I think yeah. you have to understand the context of the game that. You, Sending someone off always changes the game. That you've got to be certain that it's a worthy offense. And I don't think it was. There was not a lot more more that Yule could have done differently in that situation. And he wasn't being reckless. He didn't hurt the player. He wasn't intending to hurt the player. So I think that we just, like Will said, we got to be fortunate that he will have to serve a suspension in on decision day, but we'd rather that be the case than for him to be out of the playoff game. So it's especially in this one and done format. Any other thoughts on the red card that should or shouldn't have been? Uh, we're going to write a letter to pro. Uh, Ivan, just, just that whole transcript that you said, just write that and send it. All right. That was beautiful. All right. That was poetry. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Um, I guess one more thing, uh, and this will lead into the studs and duds. Uh, So the play that led to the goal for the LAFC, the one that Gail Rossi scored at the death, Nick Lima lost possession. He was surrounded Mm -hmm. by three LAFC players, and that allowed LAFC to get their second goal, and it was almost effortless for them. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can blame Nick Lima for – not clearing the ball. Do you think he had an opportunity to clear it? Do you think it was just unlucky and he was swarmed? Or do you think he should have done better there? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take first on this. Uh, I think Nick Lima should have, you know, hit the ball really hard like he, he does at, at net, right? And so, I mean, he, he could have done that. Um, but um, I uh, a lot of pressure leads to goals. So, I, the, this one's a little bit, in my mind, passable, right? I, I say he can get to pass on this. Yeah, yeah, what I, about you, Will? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we let's not go too far into depth about you know. I know we've been really skeptical on Nick Lima at some points in the season on how he's performed, but I mean, luckily it didn't didn't really matter. The it was a good stat for Diego Rossi, you know. But you know, whatever. At this point, we're just glad to get the win, and hopefully Nick Lima can step up when it matters most in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, this might be harsh then, but because it was one of the few key mistakes of the game, and I don't want to be on that dead bush of Jackson Yule getting a red card because I don't believe it was entirely justified. So for my mm-hmm. studs and duds, uh, I'm giving Shea Salinas the stud for his record-breaking night and his yeah. contribution, but I have to give Nick Lima the dud for that play. But it, it, I will give Nick Lima credit where it's due those plays from the defense as a whole, but also for Nick Lima have been much rarer. And because, you know, it could have been a damaging situation, but thankfully it wasn't. 
Yeah, man, for my stud and my dud, I'm going to go with Fierro. I think he had a great game, mm-hmm. so he, he gets my stud before he got injured. That goal should have went to him. Um, I think he put it in great 70 minutes before he got off the field, even when, you know, it's funny. Um, we're, we're starting to see some, like, I guess, Mexican spice come into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fierro, he's a great actor when he gets hit, right? So uh, this is something that a lot of USA fans are used to seeing when – Mexico's up, you know, two to one, and they start, you know, f- you know, flopping, selling it a little more to get those seconds, precious seconds and minutes off the clock. I like finally seeing f- one of our players do it, right? So Fierro did a great job kind of milking that clock. And then as well, for my dud, I'm going to go with Jackson Ewell. Um, even if this is a make or break game, I think mm-hmm. the team won it without him. And I think, if you're going to be the future captain of our club, you do have to be a little less reckless knowing that you're on a yellow, knowing that the ref is really yellow happy. You don't make that tackle. They need you on the field for the, I think it was 30 minutes left. So yeah, very reckless of him. So he gets my done. Right. It might've been a little different if like, you know, he got that second yellow. Like, I mean, for the purposes of suspension, it would have meant the same. He would still miss a game. Yeah. But if he got it like in the like 87th minute or something, exactly. then it mm-hmm. wouldn't be as taxing for the rest of the team to pick up the slack. Right. So, Will? Yeah, for me, um, I guess my dud is going to be Andy Rios. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he didn't play a great game, and obviously picking up a yellow card, you know, he just didn't. He just didn't look, you know, the the custom of the Andy Rios we kind of been seeing, you know, the better mm-hmm. part of Andy Rios. Right. Um, but as far as the my um, my stud, um, it's kind of hard to after I just you know called somebody out, but I, I'm going to give pretty much the most team effort. Wow. The final ten men, you know, the ten men because you're going down. Oh, 10 yeah. Men. You're going down yeah. ten men. And, you know, this is, you know, probably the biggest game for the Quakes of the season. And, you know, once I was like, oh, great, we're going down 10 men. What, what's going to happen? You know, and for them to pull it off and, you know, never say die, you know, things yeah. that we've been, the Quakes have been hashtagging. And, I mean, they clearly answered that. And, I mean, so I, I have to, uh, you know, give them the credit that's due for them. I mean, they came and showed up. You know, I'm really amazed that you didn't go Espinoza. I was literally giving you the alley-oop for Espinoza. I went with some other guy that Espinoza put this game on his back. I mean, yeah, of course. Espinoza was incredible. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I that's it's too easy. You know, it's too easy yeah. to give Espinoza one. I mean, he could I could have easily done Wando, you know, uh, but I think right. at the same time, like, the team effort to get this win, I mean, just to put it in a hole. I mean, we've been talking about how great Judson did. I mean, we, see, we can just – that's why it's a whole team effort yeah. when it came for this win, the most important win of the, the year for the Quakes. And shout out Quakes After 90 for letting us uh, do the studs and duds like you do on your podcast. So go check them out. They're doing weekly podcasts now with the three of them over there. If you guys haven't listened to them, we want to thank them for borrowing the studs and dud from them. So check them out. All right. So, and before we get into the preview for the next game, what was the first feeling that you felt when you realized Quakes won and they're in the playoffs? Uh, Let's start with Will. Um, my first thought is we have a chance to win the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, obviously, Seriously. I know. I mean, no, I mean, I at, the end, at the end of the day, that's where we want. That's what we want. We're in the playoffs. We want the cup. I mean, that's that's anytime, anytime your team, right. is, you have a chance, right? I mean, it's the toughest thing. It's one and done for the first. I mean, I think that's how is that how the whole format is? I mean, we can break that down. It, it was like that game. in 2019. 
So okay, we'll mm, see yeah. what the we'll see what what the format's going to be. But at the end of the day, I mean, we have a chance. We're we're in again. So, you know, if it's, like you said, the three years has felt like twenty. So I mean, it's right. just great that we're we're in again. So I mean, it was a big relief, honestly, more than anything. I made us built for this, right? So I mean, if it's if it's the time that the Quakes sneak out an MLS Cup, it's now, right? So uh, my first thoughts was, wow, we're gonna get a lot of fans um, as Quakes. <laughs> as the, I was like, oh, the San Jose Earthquakes are gonna see an influx of people paying attention now and that's great for growing the soccer community um you always want to have a competitive club out there but i really hope that this doesn't make fisher it doesn't show fisher that he didn't need to spend so on one hand i'm very happy and excited for this team and on the other hand i know the future of this club and i really hope that it doesn't change anything in fisher's and almeida's plans coming up this is a big opportunity too because not only have so far several bay area teams missed out on the opportunity yeah. to be in these playoffs so there's no sharks in the nhl playoffs there's no uh warriors in the nba bubble yeah there was no giants in mlb's playoffs Almost. just the uh, oakland a's oh yeah the, the giants did make it close i'll give them credit for that but San Jose Earthquakes are in the playoffs, and this is a time where those three leagues, NHL, NBA, and Mm -hmm. MLB, they are on their offseason at the same time. So it's just football and MLS. And Nick, uh, and Nick Mullins starting for the Niners too. So exactly. I mean, I mean, but I mean to be real quick. I mean, yes, the Niners having a bad season is good also for the Quakes. I mean, it brings much more, you know, focus on that. I mean, you know, how important this Bay Area, you know, community should be rallying around the San Jose Earthquakes and their playoff push. Right. Um, so speaking of a club that for years has had its community rallying around them, just almost as much as they do for the Seattle Seahawks, who they share the stadium with. We are headed to CenturyLink Field, where the yep. Seattle Sounders will host San Jose Earthquakes in the final MLS game of the season for both clubs on decision day. So, real quick, prediction? Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take lead on this. Seattle Sounders to the Earthquakes is when you see the Empire in Star Wars and you have that theme playing in the background because they're always just consistently, yeah, consistently there and they're consistently – a threat and and you we gotta you know we're the last hope all right we know you you gotta take down you gotta take down this behemoth that is seattle sounders um but i'm expecting a lot of young guys to play this game i'm expecting kate cal to start uh maybe even a gilbert fuentes or an eric calvillo to start um but i think it's probably going to be a one, one draw. I don't think anyone's going to go too crazy about this game i don't think anybody's going to risk any playoff players or crucial players for the playoff push. Okay, well. Um, so my first also thought is, okay, we also we didn't see on the subs of this game. We know Vaco, no Kasia. Yeah, they're in so, Georgia. They're in, oh, oh, they're in Georgia yeah. again? Yeah, they went on international oh. duty again. So this okay, kind, well, I missed that. Well, yeah, I don't know. It has to be because this yeah. is the final game for the Euro 2020. 21 yeah so this is crazy (laughs) yeah no no it's okay um the only way we found out it was uh, i think garam posted a selfie of them on the plane so this the quakes media doesn't really release these things too well um because a lot of fans are always saying oh where's vodka where's garam but this kind of sucks for the quakes organization i mean you're paying this guy has an international slot in kashia and then you're paying dp money to a guy in vodka which 
he always has to go play for a team that, yes, they are a qualifying Euros team, I mean, on the fringe. But still, mm-hmm. it's like, man, we need him here, even if it's for like a late substitution, if we're down a goal, um, you know he's the person they're putting on. Yeah. The way I see it, I think it is ultimately worth it, though, because if you, you're an MLS team, and it's a big deal to have a, a player make it to the Euros because we know CONCACAF and to a lesser extent Cumball and even AFC yeah. at times, you, we had Justin Miram represent uh, Iraq in the AFC Cup, for example. Yeah. Uh, these situations are much less common with the European nations. And if San Jose Earthquakes are represented by Georgia in the Euro 2020 championship next summer, that is good because it gets people talking about the San Jose Earthquakes. It's like, That's oh, where did these yeah. players play? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, they better get in. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we want them to get in just because, you know, I mean, it'd be good for them. We could be good for Vaco and be good for Kasia. But I mean, also just because it will help us in the long run to get more of a following. But I mean, besides my point I was going to make, I thought they were just not, you know, ready to play. But that's beside the point. Oh, well, I guess then I will <laughs> have to also kind of go that we are we are going to go a little bit younger. I would see probably like a Tanner Beeson in for Alanis mm. just because Alanis kind of banged up I assume they're going to kind of want to get his legs you know ready to go for the playoffs um and yeah like you said we're probably going to see some young guys and so since I don't think this is going to matter too much in our standings if we did try to go so yeah especially Um, with them go ahead Ivan sorry uh one last note on that qualifying match it's Georgia against North Macedonia and we'll see. They do have a couple – Macedonia – North Macedonia has a couple decent players, uh, namely the ageless Goran Pandev, who, based on my brief uh, Wikipedia research, he has not retired from international duty, so I think they can still call upon him. So that would be interesting. He is now 37 years old, and he's been killing it in mostly the Italian leagues – since uh for almost two decades <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna this is on the record and this is gonna sound bad but i i do not know where that is on the map and <laughs> so north, north macedonia i mean they yeah. just changed their name I, I used to be macedonia but they just oh, okay. recently they just recently changed it not too long ago to north macedonia. do you know where the balkans are fabi yeah yeah definitely yeah, they're on the so Star Wars. They're on the near, Star Wars. They're near Albania and Bosnia and Herzegovina and North oh, okay. Greece. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so all your fans that are like me, uh, Georgia should win this game. Is that what you guys are telling me? <laughs> what I'm telling you is you're the closest one to to it. You know, being oh, yeah, in Japan. I should know, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna right. be at the game. I'm gonna take a flight. I'm going straight from Osaka to North Macedonia, and I'm gonna watch Vako and Grom. All right, they're gonna win. All right, my prediction <laughs> for the uh, Sounders game, I think it's going to end 1-1. I think the Quakes get another result where they feel like they are just this close to winning, and maybe because mm. of how it pans out on decision day, they end up facing each other again. Mm. But ultimately, I think that it's going to come up just short of the win once again, which is a bit of a bummer because the Quakes do need to win to have a shot of moving up in the seating. But I think as we'll see in a look ahead to the teams, the Quakes could face in the playoffs in the first round. I can't really split between the top three teams that much. So 
we want to avoid Portland at all costs, right? So I, yeah. I think – I think I want sporting first. I want sporting a team that hasn't seen us all year, a team that might be shocked at our play style and might not be ready for us. Um, Alan Polito plays for that team. So if someone knows his weakness, that's definitely Matias Almeida. Um, so I think sporting would give us our best shot. I don't want the Portland Timbers and I would put Seattle Sounders second. I, would, I think we're used to Seattle by now and Portland just has our number. So if I had to rank those three, I would say I want Sporting first, and I want Portland last, and Seattle in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to agree with that. I mean, we definitely don't want to see Portland, and I yeah, totally agree with you, Fabi. Can I? I'll so I'll mention real quick. So I wrote an article for MLS Multiplex uh, that got published today, where I did a little bit of a scouting report for all the top five because there there were some, if my math was correct, there were some really niche scenarios mm. where the Quakes could face an FC Dallas or a Minnesota United in the playoffs, but it's very unlikely. So mm-hmm. I had to include them anyway. But um, the taglines I put for each matchup, uh, I, against Sporting Kansas City, I called it the Plain Jane Derby because there's no <laughs> uh, high-profile stars on either team. If Alan was the biggest star in between those two teams – then compared to like the Nani's and the Carlos Velas and those That's true, yeah. players it is a bit of a stretch. I but think these are two teams where they play better than the sum of their parts and they have similar coaches that get the best out of their players. Matias yeah. Almeida for the Quakes and Pierre Vermees for the Sporting Kansas City. For Portland Timbers, I called it the newest vendetta because Timbers knocked San Jose Quakes out of playoff contention in the last game last year. And they have beaten the Quakes badly twice this year. So there's a bit of an axe to grind there. So, yeah. It, it, if we get ahead. Portland, I, if, if there was fans, I think the first song that would come out was We Don't Give a, About Portland. That, that's one of my favorite <laughs> ultra chants. But that's starting to become more true, especially with the past, I mean, the very recent defeats that Portland has handed us. Yeah. And then very briefly for uh, Minnesota United, I mentioned breaking another curse question mark because the Quakes have now beaten LAFC twice after struggling against them. Maybe that would give them the little energy they need to change their fortunes against Minnesota United and FC Dallas. I called it unfinished business because they were <laughs> supposed to be in the San Jose Earthquakes group in the MLS's back tournament. Definitely. They were unable to compete due to COVID and we haven't played FC Dallas since uh, they're one of two teams in this list of possible opponents that the Quakes have not played all this season, FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City being the other. And then lastly, for Seattle Sounders, I, my tagline was familiarity breeds clarity, that it can go both ways. The Sounders know the strengths and weaknesses of the Sounders Earthquakes, but vice versa as well. And you'd rather deal with the devil you know than the devil you don't know. So my <laughs> ranking for the top three, like, I would want to face Seattle more than Kansas City wow. and Portland because sporting Kansas City, there is that mystery factor. We haven't played them before, and they're number one for a reason. If they finish in the top spot, I don't think it's a fluke. They've played very well. They just don't get the attention that MLS media gives the likes of Seattle Sanders, for example. Mm. And I, the one I want the least of those three, of course, is Portland Timbers because yeah. there is a likelihood of – a third beat down this season because 
Timbers might be the biggest threat to win this MLS tournament, though, because right. they won the MLS's back tournament in the summer. Yeah. And I think that they are built to succeed in the playoffs because they have one of the deepest rosters in the league, if not the deepest. Yeah, Gio Savarese runs a great team out there. Um, so they, I think if someone else can take out Portland and Seattle, that'd be nice. <laughs> but I think uh, Sporting Kansas City, I think Mexico would be watching. Um, Matias Almeida versus mm-hmm. his, his highest profile striker that he had out in Chivas. So I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of Mexican fans watching that, at least Chivas fans, right? Right. I and, think so. And America's striker for less than one season, Andy Rios. No, <laughs> let's not forget about Andy Rios. Uh, but yeah, definitely. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, Will, any other thoughts on any of these three opponents in particular? No, I mean, I think at this point, whoever we get, we just we have to play our best. I mean, at the end of the day, we, we can, you know, nitpick on what we want, but uh, we're going to get somebody, and we have to make sure we just come ready to play at the end of the day. All right. Um, there was a couple fans that wanted us to talk about this topic, about who we wanted to face in the playoffs, and that also inspired me to write the article that I published. and. Mm-hmm. And so I want to thank both Dom and Phil from Quick After 90 for submitting this question to us. I hope you're satisfied with our answer. And then this will lead to the rest of our fan questions and comments. So for this video, we wanted to not just open it up to questions, but since it is a big deal that the Quakes made the playoffs, that we wanted to open it up for anyone who just wanted to, like, vent in a positive way. It's like, yeah. we did it. We made the playoffs. Like, this is awesome. Since, you know, we aren't going crazy in the streets or anything. Job's not done, of course. So <laughs> um, the first fan qu- comment comes from can I say Jorge this Martinez from – Can I say this one? No, no worries. Go for uh, it. Just, this is a funny tidbit that Ivan wrote down on the script. I, we want to thank Ivan for, you know, manning the script always. Thank you, Ivan. Um, but this one's <laughs> funny. This one's funny. This is put in there because I can't say names for nothing, all right? This is George <laughs> or Jorge. See, look, I said it. Jorge, not George Martinez. So let me just be clear with that. This is Jorge, not George Martinez, all right? But it's um, shocking because you're Latino as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. Uh, we have a Jorge in our family, my uncle Jorge, but we call him George, Uncle George. So it's, it's, I guess. Does every Latino family have one of those? Because I think like, there's one that does that too. There always is. Reason. Yeah, I mean, there's always your drunk uncle. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're just, just calling that our favorite. Just, uh, just uh, too many Modellos, but you know it's all right. You know, put a Modelo in the. In the, in the there's no, there's no Modellos in Japan. So no, I don't know. Sexy, I, I, no I didn't. Or Jose Cuervo. Oh, they're not. Uh, it sounds like our new sponsors. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, you see, that actually, the Quakes have a new beer sponsor. It's not Modell anymore. Um, it was, uh, I think, a Kona, Kona Brewing Company. I'm not sure if that's correct. Oh yeah, Kona but they Kona do Brewing have. It's uh, been popping up a bit. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Kona Brewing Company. It looks like we – so Tom Fox leaves and we get sponsors all of a sudden. What happened? I mean, I guess it's better not to have anybody in that role. No, but that's another topic. Ivan, if you want to go ahead and read it now, I just wanted to point out how funny that was. Um, and all we right. do have Corona Jorge in Japan, So there's, there's Corona. Jorge Martinez wanted to say, never say die. Down to 10 men and the Quakes are still creating chances. This game could have ended 5-1 easily. I guess he meant like, you know, if not discounting the last minute Rossi goal. Um, he wanted to know any update on whether Wanda Lasko will play next season. Also, 
can you please talk about possible matchups for Saran, which we already did? Uh, thank you anyway. I think we still don't know. Like, we are going to reiterate that only Chris Wondolowski himself yeah. and maybe Matias Almeida knows the answer to this question. But I think getting to the playoffs, it's got to get Wondolowski excited still, especially right. if this is a team that looks like it can sustain the success, which it's starting to look like it is. Wanda might not be able to help himself. He might play another season. Your yeah, uh, St- Stephen Wondolowski, I, I don't know if there's any relation. I might be bad about this Quakes media thing. But uh, he said, I, I like this Twitter comment. Black and Azul posted um, Chris Wondolowski back on the field after possibly his last game. But Steve, Stephen Wondolowski posted, uh, he's being he's being a drama queen. He does that every after every game. So uh, I don't know if that means anything, but I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, well, there's yeah. not much more to say about this, huh? No, I mean, we, every Quakes fan wants Wanda back out there. I mean, he's proven that he can play. I mean, there's no question. There's nothing – he proves that he can still actually start for this team. I know we talk about super sub role, but we could talk about that he can still be out there starting for us and scoring goals, and he's still doing that. I mean, uh, we wish we had a better update, but honestly, we won't know until the end of the season. Right. Um, so, But hopefully when we're raising a cup and he might just walk off into the sunset a champion. Yeah, there's always that possibility. I think the Quakes are going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs. They're going to be another team where, like, you can't read too much into the seeding. You shouldn't read too much into the seeding anyway for any team because this is a really weird season. But right. still, the Quakes are really good when they're underestimated. So yeah. I think that they're going to give whoever they play against a tough game. But at the same time, we can't underestimate any team either because – the Western Conference is loaded with good teams as well. Yeah, we want to give actually a big shout out to all the fans and comments. I mean, this is a lot of interaction we've been getting lately. So we do really appreciate it. Um, you guys are the reason why we do this podcast. And I actually want to give a big announcement. Um, thanks to our latest Patreon uh, subscriber, we are 100% fully functioning by fans. So we want to thank everybody that was on our Patreon so far. And we want to thank all of our supporters of this podcast. That's huge. Um, that means we don't have to put our own money into making content for you, um, for you guys. So this is great. Um, that means that we have plenty more things to come when it comes to making more content for you guys. So just, I believe it was Sam Kabash. Thank you so much for becoming our latest Patreon. Thank you you so much. Um, also next up we have, Nestor from Twitter. He wanted to say, I appreciate the work and love to listen as soon as I see the episodes are on my feed. Looking forward to the playoff editions of the Tectonic Takes coming soon. That's going to be exciting, right? Yeah. I did not think that this was on the cards when I started when we started this podcast. No, you started it. So, I mean, I, me and Will just hopped on. <laughs> yeah, we're just adding yeah, on to this what is you created. <laughs> this, this is our podcast now. And this is something that you know, it's been fun, even without the thought of like, oh, Quakes might, they might not make the playoffs. But now that they are, like, it definitely wants, it definitely inspires me to want to raise my game even more and continue to produce good content for you guys. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, yeah. guys. Thank you, Nestor. So Kevin Portillo from Twitter asks, is Trophies, uh, Javier Eduardo Lopez, who is a Chivas player, a good fit for the Quakes. I believe not at the moment. And I'm just going to give you my brief thoughts and a fun fact as well. So the biggest red flag for me about Chofis is that he was kicked out of Chivas for disciplinary reasons. I think 
that is going to make it tough for him to fit under Almeida's system. He doesn't take any crap, and depending on what the situation is, we don't know a lot about it, it's going to be tough for him to be excited and think, hmm, this is someone we can look for. But it is exciting to be linked to players, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't help but have a little bit of excitement. And fun so- fact, he is nicknamed La Chofis, because teammates pointed out that Lopez looked like his former teammate Giovanni Casillas' ex-girlfriend named Sofia. So imagine that. Like, you're in <laughs> high school, and you get a nickname because you look like someone's ex-girlfriend. Like, that, that's like next-level bullying. <laughs> and it's carried throughout his professional career. And where yeah. media outlets are saying... Chicharito is a little P. Chicharito is a little <laughs> P, though. This is a, a Mexican <laughs> thing, though. So, like, it is yeah. a bit different for them. And I can see... You know that a bit of a badge of honor in a weird sense you know with, with chicharito you know like the to- toy stories the little three peas in the pod you know like that toy he kind of looks like that so i can see why he, <laughs> he would be like that <laughs> no but so, um what do you think um yeah i mean i don't know i i, I feel like maybe matias could fix it you know matias maybe could mm-hmm. get uh, get on him and you know maybe he maybe he'll realize like wow okay look i just got kicked off chivas and now i'm playing for the sounds of earthquakes and it might just become a real you know realization that he might need to get his stuff together and i mean if we get him basically for nothing i mean if we get him you know off something very small i mean it's is it worth it's probably worth it right for us to probably try to see if it would be you know you know something that'll work for the quakes yeah, I actually have a lot to say about this. Um, I uh, on Twitter, people were saying that he got kicked out for partying. One, there's no parties in SF like there is in LA. So maybe this is a better situation for him. Okay, San Jose. yeah, or San Jose. Sorry, and you're saying yeah. the Bay Area doesn't get lit? No, no. It's I'm gonna be honest with you guys, man. We don't get as lit as when Kanye West makes no more parties in an SF or Bay Area song. Then we are more lit. <laughs> But as of right now, it's only no more parties in L.A. But uh, really, really quickly, back From to it. From Oakland to Sacktown, the Bay Area and Sacktown. California is where they put okay. it down. Like, <laughs> partying does exist in the Bay Area, too. Come on. Yeah, he just dropped the rhyme on you. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, <laughs> All right. But continue your point. Yeah, so really quickly, uh, I think this environment might be better for him. I think Matias Almeida – Put him in his place. So we might see the situation where he comes here because he knows Matias Almeida can put him in his place and, and win championships and win silverware. And I also thought that, wow, the, the, the you know, stars are aligning on this player because he has been in the Bay Area before. When Chivas play in Avaya, um, he, so he is familiar with the, with the area and at least with people in this area and the stadium. But – I do have a, I guess I can call him a source. Me and Will used to work at a gym together. And um, this gym, we had a guy that was a really big Chivas fan. And he actually would hang out with trophies <laughs> and brought him to our gym in San Mateo. So it's not like the guy is definitely familiar with this area. So we can definitely, it might be such a weird dark horse type of signing for us. But it's definitely possible. Uh, I've contacted that guy to see if, you know, maybe he can find out some news for us, um, us Quakes fans. So if we do find out if Chofis is coming to San, San Jose, uh, we can, we'll definitely find out soon enough or maybe we get a no from him. So definitely keep an eye out for our tweets. All right. 
so um, I also do want to mention, since we're on the topic of Chivas, that if you're listening to this podcast and you need more soccer to watch, you want to check out Liga Mekis, a good reason to follow Chivas is their Northern California connections. Miguel Angel Ponce, he was born in Sacramento, and Isaac Brizuela is originally from San Jose. So that is pretty cool in a team that is comprised solely of Mexican players yeah. that they have these connections to not just the United States, but to Northern California where much of our listeners are from. All right. So the next question or comment, David Simon on Facebook says he's tired of playing the Sounders and Timbers over and over wants to face sporting Kansas city. Would that be a good reason to want to face sporting Kansas city? Not from the quakes perspective themselves, but from the fan perspective, like, when that inspire you to watch, even if it's the playoffs, like yeah. you don't need m- much more inspiration, but like the fact that it is a new opponent in a season that you've been playing five to six teams for the most part often, that it is a breath of fresh air in a way. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a good different look for us. Like we haven't faced them. So I think it would just be, you know, breath of fresh air, something different. Yep, and they are different because Sporting Kansas City, they play in the Kansas part of uh, Kansas City, not Missouri, unlike the other <laughs> Kansas City professional sports team. But anyway, we got another question from Dom from Quakes After 90. Which forward you prefer to start in the playoffs? And I don't think there's a question that Chris Wondolowski should start, but if you do want to classify wingers as forwards and Andy Rios as technically a forward playing in a midfield position, uh, where does that leave them in your uh, plans to start them? Do you want those three players, uh, Rios, Fierro, and um, Espinoza, to start whoever the opponent is in the first round of the playoffs? My my big thing is, I am starting to see why Andy Rios is starting every game. He mm-hmm. changes the field of play just like Magnus Eriksson. I mean, he gets the ball in kind of the left side of the center of the pitch, and he goes straight to Espinosa on that long ball, long diagonal ball. And that opens a lot of opportunities for us. So I do like him in a more centralized kind of uh, attacking midfielder role. I think he did great. Um, he does have some – really bad discipline on some tackles he makes. And then he, I don't really see him trying on defense as much as I would like to see, but um, I, I want to say, I want to see Wando up top and I want to see Cade Cal get a little more playing time. Yep. Well, um, I don't know about the, if we'll see Cade as much as we probably all want to see Cade Cal getting more playing time. Um, but I think as far as the lineup goes, as far as at least the forwards, I mean, just keep it where it's at. I mean, we haven't done much changes in the lineup unless it's due to injuries um, or international play. But as where it's at right now, I think we just got to keep it where it's at. There's no need to change anything. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, no matter who we face in the first round, we are a talent deficit on paper. So the way you close that gap is through consistency with your best players. And right now, this combination of players, they are our best players. So we got to ride that wave of consistency. And I think Kate Cowell, the writing is on the wall for this season that his role will be as a substitute player. And unfortunately, not one of the first subs off the bench, but he will still play. And he's getting very close to having a similar impact off the bench as Shea Salinas has been as of late. So at least that's something. If uh, Fierro and Vaco can't go on the wing, who's starting? Is it Shea for you guys? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, it has to be. No, uh, no Tommy right. Thompson love. Mm-hmm. I think Tommy Thompson. He's a good player to slot in uh, if he can play a lot of different positions. But I think right now that he's not doing enough to warrant a start just yet. Okay. I mean, at this point. And we'll end this on a DM I got from our friend uh, Andres Imperiale. He's a friend of a podcast. He did an interview with us and a beloved former San Jose Earthquakes player. I'll say in Spanish first to capture verbatim his message, the emotion behind it, and then translate it. So here we go. Deberían recordar que cuando las derrotas eran humillantes, yo dije en la entrevista que había que confiar en Almeida. Creo que era de los pocos que lo hacía. Ja, ja, ja. Ja, ja, ja. In Spanish, ja, ja. I wrote it with the J's, not the H's, of course. Um, and here's the translation. Remember when the de humiliating defeats were occurring? I said in the interview that we should maintain confidence in Almeida. I think I was among the few people that did. Ha, ha, ha. With H's. <laughs> so, but yeah. that was an incredible joy to see in my DMs uh, on Twitter that on this imperial he's still uh, keeping tabs on us. Uh, I'm sure he's a busy man, so he's not watching every podcast. I'm mean, listening to every podcast. If he is, you're an incredible human being, even more so than you already are. Yo, you but got undress in your DMs, bro? Careful, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, that was great to hear from him. And I think it is all hands on deck right now that we've – Andres Imperiale is following what the Quakes are doing. Jordan Stewart, we've yeah. seen some tweets from him lately. It It's an exciting time for the San Jose Earthquakes past, present, future. Like, we're just happy to be on board right now. And I'm excited for decision day, obviously, because the Quakes are involved in an in important game still. Like, it's not life or death because they are in the playoffs. But it is a bit of a dress rehearsal for the playoffs. And it's a game that I want to see them perform well in. Any final thoughts? Before yeah, I'm going to go first on this. I'm going to go first on this. Um, Jordan Stewart is very vocal about being a uh, supporter. So I've tried my hardest to try to get him on the pod. Um, <laughs> I've, I'm hitting him up because he said initially he would do it. Um, so we unfortunately haven't been able to, I guess, get a time or he hasn't seen or he hasn't reached out to me. But if you guys want Jordan Stewart on the pod, if you guys just reply to him saying, hey, get on the podcast, get on Titanic Takes, he'll probably do it because uh, he said he was willing to do it. So if, if our fans want that, I say just add him because that will show that there is a market for him being on a Quakes podcast. So please, if you want Jordan Stewart on the podcast, just reply to his comments or um, tell him to be on the podcast because if, if it's not just us trying to do it, then he'll be more than likely to be on the podcast. All right, Will, any final thoughts? Um, no, not much. I mean, let's just uh, hopefully we're going to see a real probably a big different lineup against Seattle. So we probably shouldn't be taking it too much into like, you know, personal effect on like how it's going to really play out. But I mean, like you said, we do kind of want to see him play well because it is a, a dress rehearsal but for playoffs. But we obviously want everyone to be healthy, you know, get everyone that we want to, you know, to have their legs under them ready to go for the playoffs. And we'll find out soon. And we'll talk about in the next podcast who we'll be facing. All right, and we want to thank everyone, especially if you made it to the end of this podcast, for your support, whether you're a Patreon or not. That uh, door is always open for you if you are able to, because we understand that 
this is a really tough period for everyone involved. Everyone is struggling and your support in any way, shape or form means a lot. We're happy to be a part of this community and hopefully that translates to how active we are on social media. Follow Tectonic Takes on Twitter for Definitely. Uh, podcast thoughts and updates you can follow me at ivan ornellis too tectonic takes also has a youtube channel follow fabi on the only quaker on twitter follow will at bp underscore schneider and you can also find us on the quakes discord on the quakes subreddit we're in the san jose earthquakes discussion facebook group as well so we're very accessible and i feel like that's what makes this podcast special is that even though we have a podcast and we have this platform where you guys are listening to our thoughts that we are very connected to the fan community as well. And we want to represent you guys and we want to be that bridge between like what's happening out on the field and what's going on with the fans. And I think that connection is so important to the success of a soccer culture within a club. So thank you guys for being a part of it and allowing us to be a part of it in this capacity as well. Yeah, we're basically Arsenal TV. So if you have any hot takes that you want to, <laughs> if you want to say, you can come on or you can let us know. And yeah, we might be actually looking into. Which I one like, of us is heavy D? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, real oh, quick, uh, yeah. If you guys, uh, Ivan had a good idea where it, um, if you guys are in our Patreon, we might bring you onto the show. So we definitely will go ahead and, and talk about that a little bit more in the off season, but we might um, give a shout out to our Patreoners to be on the podcast with us to tell us um, a couple of ideas of you have, what you have of our players that we are going to go through during the off season to see what, you know, Teutonic takes we have on the players. Yeah, I'm thinking that we love all these players, but at the same time, we don't know if we can do a whole podcast on each of them. So right now, my idea is we're going to split them into position groups. So goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards. So that would be four podcasts right off the bat. Um, And then that would be something interesting that you can look forward to in the off season. Uh, For now, we want to thank our sponsor once again, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS usl and u.s soccer and get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com and our other sponsor icarus fc if you're tired of the same old uniforms and cookie care templates from nike's i am and you're looking for a unique completely custom kit for your youth club sunday league squad adult uh, astronaut team checkers (laughs) team or pro team icarus fc can help you create your the kit of your dreams at an affordable price let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. And that could be another source of off-season killing time, trying to figure out some designs for that The website. Quakes, too. We can, we can think of the new Quakes um, jersey that's going to come on or, or where you can uh, make a Teutonic jersey. So um, definitely we're still waiting on if you guys want to, you know, give us a jersey idea. We can definitely throw that on Icarus FC. And then maybe uh, we use the Patreon money to kind of uh, make a raffle or something. So definitely the more Patreoners we have, um, the more we have to play with. So definitely if you guys want to support us, please go ahead and support us. And once we get to a certain amount, we'll definitely put some of that back to you guys. We'll do some raffles for some cool Mm -hmm. Quakes merch and stuff like that. And 
as for the jersey idea, maybe we'll have a reality show, QNTJ, Quake's Next Top Jersey. <laughs> we'll have we'll be all Tyra Banks, we'll have these pictures and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll model it out for sure. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's all for today. I'm Ivan Pinellas. Yeah, I'm Fabian Rankle. And I'm Will Schneider, man. Thank you guys for having us and we'll see you next time. Go Quakes. Go, Go Quakes. Quakes. Thank you.